Hello and welcome back to the Relationship Matters podcast. We believe relationship matters from humanity to nature to the larger whole. I'm your host, Katie Churchman, and in this episode, I'm talking with CRR Global faculty members, Rebecca Hu and Jia Zhu, about harmony and conflict. Across this conversation, we discuss the relationship between harmony and conflict, why we need to embrace both as systems coaches, the challenges that can arise if we are biased towards one or the other, the importance of holding the voice of harmony and the voice of conflict as coaches. Rebecca Hu is an ICF Master Certified Coach, Executive and Leadership Coach and Training Consultant. She's also a faculty member and front of the room leader at CTI and CRR Global. She leads professional coaching certification programs, including Coactive Coaching, ORSC, Neuroscience Consciousness and Transformational Coaching. She's also a mentor coach, supervisor, and examiner for the certification coach students. Her major focus areas are on one-to-one leadership coaching, team coaching, and the design and delivery of training workshops. Jia Zhu is a leadership trainer and team coach and CRR Global faculty member. After working for 20 plus years in government, startups, and multinational corporations, she realized the value of unleashing individual and team leadership potential. Encouraged by her hands-on coaching and training experiences for her team, she made a career change from strategy, market and technology head to a freelance coach and trainer. She has a bachelor's degree of finance from Fudan University and an MBA from Darden Business School at the University of Virginia in the United States. So without further ado, I bring you Rebecca Hu and Jia Zhu talking about Harmony and conflict. Gia, Rebecca, welcome to the Relationship Matters podcast season five. I am so excited to have you both on the show today. Thank you, Katie. Uh, it's been a while of uh, since my last time, so I'm very, very happy today to be here. Yeah, same for me, even though we just had our session not long ago. And this is quite a different topic from what we were discussing on your separate podcast last time. So today we're talking about harmony versus conflict. And I wanna start by asking you why this topic? What made you both think about this as a topic for our conversation today? So, you know, the story was Jia and I were discussing what should we talk so we can benefit other people. And then Jia mentioned that, well, she's supervising all the certification recordings. She found many coaches has a tendency to be harmony. So then um, as a system coach, we lose the opportunity to deep dive into the conversation to review the system. So um, then we miss the opportunity to grow the system. So she mentioned about that. Then after I hear her thoughts, I realized personally, I mean, as a person, I had to really grow myself my ability of facing conflict. So I thought this is the good opportunity to reflect on my own, not only as a coach, but also as a person. That's why we say, oh, we must talk about it to benefit people, to benefit uh, professional coaches. Yeah, and harmony is one of the uh, most important values of Chinese culture. So maybe in China, uh, much bigger proportion of people tend to be biased toward harmony. Yeah. 
And would you say that's the case for you both? Are you both quite biased towards harmony? <laughs> for me, it's yes. <laughs> for me, it's no. I'm more like biased toward conflict. Ah, this is excellent. So we have the range represented on this conversation, on this podcast today. Yeah. That's really interesting. So we're not going to have a bias towards harmony then, at least. Yeah, Jia mentioned, like, Rebecca, why you want to do it with me together? I didn't realize this, but then I just thought I have been wanting to do something together with Jia for a while, but I didn't realize we're actually different as a person. <laughs> in terms of the preference. So I guess that's why. That's why we are attracted with each other. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So we have the power of diversity on this call today. And I wonder then, given that you represent these sort of two ends of the spectrum, what do you feel is the relationship between harmony and conflict? You know, it, it's not that like the two extreme. Uh, we were talking about this. Harmony on the surface, like in for Chinese people, we may think making each other happy without getting into the nose, without getting into the discussions, like agree agreeing on each other's is what we call harmony, but only on surface. I think real harmony is as an Oscar coach, I think Harmony is we really pay attention to relationship. It doesn't mean that we cannot disagree, especially when we're doing a uh, work together. However, apart from the thing, the work, the task, the result, we're consciously paying attention. We're, we're consciously nurture the relationship. We're consciously putting deposit into emotional bank so that we trust each other. So we have the courage to speak out. That's what we think a real harmony is. Um, so that when we're having different opinion, when we're working together, we can, without hesitation, we can express our opinions. Yeah. And, uh, I just, it reminds me of iceberg when Rebecca was talking on the surface. We have different opinions, action plans. Ideas it can easily go into conflict. And usually people don't feel happy about it. Why? So we look deeper in the iceberg. Oftentimes people think, I am my idea. I am my opinion. So when people disagree against us, I feel like I'm inferior to other people. I'm not good enough. I think that's the origin of many, many unhappy feelings, which make conflict unhappy so ideally i would say let's express our disagreements in happy atmosphere but in reality it's just very hard to do this is really interesting it makes me think of toxic positivity and how that can actually be so damaging in our relationships when we really force this sort of fake positivity and then we marginalize actually conflict that needs to happen um, so-called negative emotions that need to surface and what happens to that relationship over time if we just push it down push it down eventually maybe the the metaphorical lid of the pot blows off as opposed to being released over time so I wonder then why do we need to embrace both as systems coaches why can't we just stand in one or the other and that be our 
our stance as a coach. Jie used a great metaphor, the iceberg model. Um, that reminds me of uh, in OSC, we have these three levels of reality, right? So obviously, the surface is the consensus reality. I notice, including myself, when we're getting what we call conflict, having different opinion, like uh, arguing, we tend to narrow our attention into the conflict or the different opinion itself. Then, especially in those hot moments, we forget to look at the dreaming level, like the underneath of the iceberg, the dreaming level. Like there's a, often there's a common interest, common longing, common vision, or even common purpose behind this conflict. So it's important to know that conflict is not bad because for, for many years, I personally think, oh, Conflict, different opinion will make other people unhappy. So it's important to know conflict is not bad. Positive conflict means that we can still relate to each other as person, as human being. We're still nurturing our relationship. So at the same time, we can express our opinion and looking at the common interest. So then we can find a way to move forward. Yeah, that's how important uh, having conflict is. And to me, if we don't have enough positivity in the relationship, the conversation just cannot be sustainable. So we need harmony. We need trust to start with. But it should not be like reinforced or artificial. It has to be genuine. So that's why we need to embrace both as system coaches. I don't think I realize coming into this conversation that actually harmony and conflict can be both sides of the same coin and they're not so separate and on other ends of the spectrum yeah really interesting because i think we do tend to go conflict negative and harmony positive and it's not necessarily the case when we really look and work with the relationship Jie, while we're preparing this Jie mentioned a good uh, tool we talk about the leadership circle the leadership assessment tool as long as the discussion the conflict is coming from the creative part vision driven purpose driven system driven or say team driven community driven as long as it's authentic for a bigger purpose so that's a good conflict right Actually, I have an example a few months ago um, when I did the system interview assessment there were a lot of complaints like uh, the company is going to do IPO. So the founder is saying that the management team is always talking with me about how, how many options they shall have, like how much bonus they shall have. They always talk about money, money, money. No one talks about vision. So I asked the founder, did you talk about vision to your team? She said, no. I was very surprised. So during the team coaching day, I first asked them to do bring down the vision, which was about let them talk about their visions, why they were in this industry and where they want to take this uh, company to. So it's just like magic because the topic of money actually never showed up. Hmm. The founder was really moved and surprised. They just move on to talk about the operation issues they should solve for this company. The, the conflict automatically disappeared. So for me, one technique of 
like as system coaches is really talk about the vision, mission, connect underneath the iceberg. It actually dissolve maybe 90% of the conflict, then make the coaching itself a lot easier. That's really fascinating because if you'd been biased towards harmony, you might have spent the whole day focused on how can we make everyone happy around pay and you've actually missed the issue that's really going on in the room. Yeah, it's underneath the iceberg. Yeah. So I guess on this note then, what other challenges can arise if we as systems coaches are biased towards harmony or conflict when we go into to work with systems? Yeah, obviously have a lot of challenges. Like if we focus too much on harmony, then we might not go to the real issue, right? We might not be biased towards conflict. Then people might might not have enough courage to open up. So Rebecca and I actually were talking a lot about like as system coach ourselves or as human being ourselves. How do we uh embrace both? Yeah, yeah. How do we like uh, discover our preference? And uh, to embrace both, that's what we uh, discussed. Personally, I, as I mentioned, I'm more harmonized person. <laughs> I even ex- expressing different opinion for me is already called conflict. <laughs> so uh, I had to learn, like really expressing myself clearly, uh, as no matter in one to one coaching or in system coaching. Uh, in the very beginning, it was very hard because harmony is my um, value. I'd, and I notice when I'm overuse this value, I tend to sometimes even pleasing the other person. Even though a lot of time I gave my authentic acknowledgement and championing, but then certain time I notice something that I hold back rather than like speaking out uh, directly. Because of that, I actually lost um, some uh, opportunities to go to certain projects. I used to have one boss who think I'm too too polite, too nice. I wouldn't speaking out directly. So she didn't put me on what we call development center, assessment center, <laughs> where she thinks it needs a lot of direct feedback and opinion. So that, that was my first time I noticed the impact to me at, in professional life. And last year I had a team coaching. That's where I learned um, system is naturally creative, resourceful. Because first time when I did the two day kickoff, that's where they actually had a lot of conflict. And I know that before when I did the interview. So I know between several members, they actually had a lot of conflict. So I was a little bit scared because of my harmony value. So then I went, we kick off the two days. I noticed they are sort of speaking out, but not 200%. I encouraged them to say more to each other. And we did the full uh, toxin uh, quadrant. They had some realization. And guess what? Few months later, when we did the follow-up session, I interviewed them again. Strangely enough, there's one lady who was very scared of other people that she thinks they all don't like her. So then after the first two days, she had a big transformation and she actually getting closer to the team and she actually uh, more opened up. So 
in the follow up sessions, she start to talk more. She start to looking at other people's eyes. That's a great learning for me、uh, as a system coach. Like we really have to trust them. And good conflict embrace the relationship. It reveal the system to themselves. So we, as a system coach, we need to have the meta skill of trust. So that's that's a great lesson I learned. To me, I'm like naturally biased to conflict. Of when I was very very young,、uh, I was told that I was very direct, and people might get hurt, or they might feel like I want to keep distance from people. So from time to time, especially since I to do、um, start to do coaching, I remind myself that I need to acknowledge people more. I need to smile a lot more, so that people can feel relaxed. It's very important. People talk more when they feel relaxed. So my homework is really to remind myself to do a lot of a lot more acknowledgement to the system,、uh, the, the system clients than. My usual life, in usual life, I would do. So it's different challenge. To me, naturally, I think I'm not my idea. If the people feel hurt or sad about the things I said,、uh, they might feel bad at the moment, but later on, they might feel great about it because they found something new. So my belief is, getting hurt now is better than getting hurt in the long run. That's my belief. So I feel quite relaxed when I express different ideas. But still, as system coach, I I know I have my homework. I think we all do. And、um, what you were saying there, Gia, makes me think of when you've got a pot and、uh, you're releasing a little bit of steam, as opposed to the whole lid coming off. And I think for me, I wasn't afraid of conflict, but um, I was biased towards harmony because. I only knew the negative kind of conflict. It was very fiery. It was quite destructive. And I think many of us have maybe had this modelled to us growing up that there isn't really a way to do conflict that's positive. And that's why this work is so helpful because it shows us actually that we can have constructive conflict and conflict that's positive. And that blew my mind. That actually, wow, I can have an argument with my husband, and it can be really constructive to our relationship. And、um, I don't think I realised that that could go hand in hand before. Yeah, actually, I also love the Oscar tools of antidotes、mm. of the four types that help us to skillfully to express different opinions without hurting that much. Like you said, I'm maybe、uh, lifting the pot too quickly, but with the skills, we can do like a little bit faster than the average, but people still feel okay about it. Jian and I were talking about like where do we get this preference? Whether we're biased to harmony or we're biased to conflict, I I notice apart from is because it's the core、uh, value of Chinese society. In my original family, it has to do with my original family a lot. I remember my mom; she's very she's a very generous. And genuine lady, I hardly hear she saying the bad things behind other people, like a other family member. And also, she always tell me. I I think that's her belief, and my father's too. They always tell me in school, listen to your teacher. 
So meaning that don't say different things, right? Don't say different opinion. That was very traditional thing. So I realized when I grow up as a kid, I always like listen and follow rather than being encouraged to express my own idea. But I think China has been changing a lot uh, in terms of this. Now, young kids, they are not afraid of expressing themselves. I mean, generally. And also, if I look at my grandmas, both family grandmas, they're very traditional Chinese women. Like they sacrifice their own needs for the family, for their husband, for their children. Um, they hardly express their own opinion. So then later on, I realized unconsciously, like uh, learn that from them as well. That's such an interesting point, Rebecca. And I think harmony and people pleasing can get conflated. And actually, when we're people pleasing, we're not owning that we're a voice of the system as well. And I've certainly fallen into that trap and um, I have to work on it. Um, but I notice with my clients and with my friends and family members, even when there's that people pleasing in play, that sort of guises itself as harmony. Actually, eventually under the surface, that, that system of me gets very frustrated, angry, and it eventually needs to be heard in some way. And it might manifest in terms of a, an illness or you might end up blowing up or breaking down. But it's just interesting how that culturally has started to seem like it's harmony but it's not that's not harmony because we're not listening to this this system well uh, when i was a kid i i have different role models uh i remember when i was 10 i had a chinese teacher and a math teacher they both really spoke their mind even to headmaster they were unconsciously they they became my role models like i i want to be like them i want to like really what i think interesting yeah, I. this reminds me of one coaching case. This lady, she told me uh, when she was a kid, her parents took her to all kinds of competitions because that's typically um, Chinese style, how some of the parents raise up their kids. They want to take them to competitions and of course they want their kids to win the competitions, right? So she told me she learned to win all the competitions. So as a result, later on, when she grew up as a leader, she tended to compete with the peers, uh, peer managers. And that definitely leads to like a conflict. But then it's not a positive conflict. It's about my win, right? Not our win. So I realized our preferences has quite a lot to do with our original family and how we were uh, raised up yeah in china particular um for for us the college entrance exam is a national uh, in general it's a national exam if you are just one point higher you might beat one thousand people so people are so used to, to measure their success or merits by a point ah okay there's only one dimension in their mind so oftentimes my individual coaching client tell me that like, I want to know how to be other people. I want to know how to be better than other people. I want to know how to convince other people. So with this kind of mindset, you might look confident, but actually very fragile, right? Once you find out that you don't like my idea, then automatically some secret self pop up and become angry. 
makes me realise it's so important for us to interrogate our biases as coaches because I often say coaching, when we're coaching, we're, we're like a mirror. We're there to reveal the system to itself. And I know when I'm trying to please my clients, when that shows up in me, I don't say certain things that actually might be really useful bits of information. Like the other day I was working with a team and two of the members of the team didn't have their cameras on. And initially I pushed down that urge to just reveal. I noticed some people on camera, some people aren't. I didn't because I didn't want to upset them. And then eventually I revealed that. And then it opened up a whole conversation that needed to happen. And it's just fascinating that, isn't it? That when we're actually marginalizing those, those bits of information, we're not leaning into the system being naturally intelligent, generative and creative. That's why from a supervision, I think being with harmony and conflict at the same time really make a big difference in the quality of those coaching. Yeah. So um, when we're having the courage of review the system, even though there may be certain conflict, so we bring in the meta skill of deep democracy. We talked about this last time. Deep democracy often like open up and review the system even more. So yeah, and system grows, relationship grows. So I wonder then, how can we as coaches help systems hold both of these voices, the voice of harmony and the voice of conflict. How can we model that so that the teams and the, the couples and the individuals that we work with can also hold both of these important parts of our relationships? I think it has to go start with our self-voration. Like from our childhood, how many secrets of we have? What kind of situation they got triggered? And why is that? What is unmet needs that I have so I need to really going to do something so that I can feed the secret self I mean the healthy food so that they can always play by themselves and not to bother me anymore it's like lifelong homework but I think it's very important otherwise during our coaching if any of our secret self related to these two things pop up then we, we cannot really help the system client that much yeah, totally agree. That's exactly what we um, talk about. I noticed as the elder kids in my family, I was always acknowledged by like being a good older sister, like giving uh, limited food to uh, my younger sister and looking after her. Um, so I, I realized part of me like a pleasing the family system because I was afraid of being a bad kid. And I still remember my, my father took me to hospital when my younger sister just born, like a, to, to see her. And, uh, he had to stop the car to buy something to take to hospital. He left for, to me, to the kids very long. So for a while, I thought he's, he, he will not come back. For many years, that's like a n nightmare in my memory. And I didn't know the impact on me. But only later this year, I, I mean, only in the recent year, I noticed part of the pleasing me has to do with that incident that I was afraid of being left, being separated 
being abandoned. But for many years, I I didn't know. I just saw that was a terrible, terrible memory, but I didn't know the impact. That's one thing. So what I'm trying to say is, I totally agree with Jie. Um, like really do some of our own exploration with our coaches or coach colleagues. And the more we discover ourselves, the more we can build the competence. And also, also it's, it's about self-acceptance, self-compassion. That's one thing. The other thing, as a professional, what I realize, at least for me, the, the more competent in terms of coaching skills, the more competent I am when facing a conflict. So one way of dealing that for me is I learned, I practice all kinds of related skills. Then I find I can stay into conflict more. And I find my own way to uh, review the system, to mirror the system. And also for many years, I have been developed myself to be a more humorous person. So I noticed that meta skills helps a lot when there's a conflict. Do it in a light way. <laughs> That's such a great example, Rebecca, what you were saying about really doing that work in yourself and looking below the iceberg, we could say, um, the iceberg we can see at least, because even if we do avoid conflict, say we come away from a coaching session and we go, oh, how annoying, why did I do that? there's an opportunity there to learn and grow as a coach and as a person because there probably is something underneath, probably something quite, probably something that threatens our human values around belonging or feeling enough. And if we can use that as a doorway, wow, the growth that we can then get from that moment too. Yeah. You just described the interpersonal process recall we did for certification, right? That's exactly the purpose and function of that. So that's why we need to have coaching uh, supervision or mental coaching that to help us grow. I find another tip work for me is find someone who we can co-lead with. People like Jie, uh, last time I had this co-leading with Yuri. I often find when I when I have a competent co-leader, I feel much more confident, ready to face the conflict. Because I know we can relate to each other. We can back up each other. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I've noticed in some of my co-leading dynamics, particularly when we're quite different, that if we're quite open about those differences, we can then share those roles. So if I typically take on, say, the peacekeeper in that dynamic, maybe we can swap for half the session. And that's a really lovely way of us not getting that role fatigue but also for it to belong to our relationship as opposed to Katie does this and the other person does that. Yeah. Well, I want to experience it in the future sometime. <laughs> I think we, we should all co-lead together. That's what we're designing up here. <laughs> I want to close by asking one final tip around for listeners tuning into this and thinking, yeah, I'm definitely biased towards conflict or I'm biased towards harmony. What tip would you offer them as a opening to this work as a way of holding both you mean some practical tip yeah so someone who's not thought about this too much around actually am i biased towards harmony or am i biased towards conflict what would you suggest they do to start this process of opening up to both um i'm thinking like before you walk into coaching what belief do you have you believe like you have been 
I'm happy we'll support them, or you believe that some hard truths will help them. If you agree it's the hard truth, then how would you make it lightly, the hard truth? Yeah, I, I I like that point, Gia, because it comes back to our intention. What's the intention that we're taking into this coaching session? Is it to be light? Is it to make peace? Or is it to help raise awareness within that system? For me, be curious and be kind to ourselves too. And、uh, at the same time, really be aware. To practice the EI first, then to build up SI and RSI. Sorry, I'm using the term. Like, be curious to ourselves, be curious to other people, and be curious to the system. So, consciously aware what's happened, and also to build that、uh, competence a little by little. It's a to me, it's a self discovery journey. I appreciate that point you make there, Rebecca, about this being a journey. It's not something that we're going to suddenly do tomorrow, and then we've ticked that box. And yes, we've we've done it now. It's it's a constant evolution, and I'm sure you're both still very much in the midst of those journeys, as I am too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Well, thank you for this beautiful journey today, both of you. I have learned a lot, and it's making me think so much about actually how these these two. Seemingly polar opposites actually aren't so opposite at all. Well, thank you for saying that. Thank you, Katie, for inviting us. It's a nice experience. Thanks to Gia and Rebecca for that really fascinating discussion. Here are my key takeaways. Notice if you have a bias towards harmony or conflict. How does this show up in your work and in your life? And what beliefs might be driving this behavioral pattern? Harmony and conflict can be two sides of the same coin, as they can both be positive and negative, depending on the intent and the impact. If you notice that you view harmony as positive and conflict as negative, how might you upskill yourself so that you can lean into conflict in a much more constructive and skillful way? Conflict is not necessarily bad, just as harmony is not necessarily good. When we can hold the voices of conflict and harmony in a more neutral way, we hold that all voices are a voice of the system, as opposed to marginalising one voice over the other. When we fall into people pleasing, we are not creating harmony within a system, as we may be marginalising certain pieces of information. Revealing the system to itself is when we, as a coach, act as a mirror for our clients and trust their naturally intelligent, generative, and creative nature. For over 20 years, CRR Global has accompanied leaders, teams, and practitioners on their journey to build stronger relationships by focusing on the relationship itself, not only the individuals occupying it. This leads to a community of changemakers around the world, supported by a global network of faculty and partners. We connect, inspire, and equip change agents to shift systems one relationship at a time. CRR Global's unshakable belief. Is that relationship matters from humanity to nature to the larger whole? For more information, please visit crrglobal.com.